All right, everybody, welcome back to episode two of BNT Talk Politics. Uh, once again, I'm Trey Stevens, joined by Braylon Brees, and uh, we've got a we've got a pretty loaded uh, loaded episode in front of us. So we'll go ahead and brief you on the topics. So starting out, Mitt Romney, breaking news today, not running for re-election. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it. Moving on, mm-hmm. we will get to uh, Kevin McCarthy and House Republicans. Uh, newly announced impeachment inquiry. Mm-hmm. It feels like all the news for this week has came out today. Yeah, yeah. That also came out today. Well, we got to it last week, but we'll very briefly address Republican primary presidential mm-hmm. polls again. Mm-hmm. We'll look at a fairly deep dive into the three governor's races, those yeah. being Kentucky, Louisiana, and Mississippi. Heated and, races. All three are going to be heated races here. Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, House Republic, or excuse me, not House Republicans, Republicans as a whole, mm-hmm. they lost the uh, lost the nationwide governor's hole for like the first time in 20 or 30 years. Yep. Can they get that back? Um, we'll so we'll, we'll look at that. And then finally, we'll touch on Mitch McConnell and uh, the one and only. Yeah. Yeah. The, the And we'll see. Um, and we will talk about that and his health concerns and will he finish out his term and, and such. So we'll talk about it. But that's about it. You ready to get right in, Braylon? Let's dive right in. All right. So our first topic today will be a breaking story. It happened a couple hours before we started filming here. Mm-hmm. And that is Mitt Romney, the 2012 presidential candidate for the GOP, will not be seeking re-election for a second term in Utah. What are your thoughts on this, Trey? Um, I feel like it's really the end of a end of an era. Obviously, he hasn't been in 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 Utah for yep. a long time, but he's been in the national Republican mm-hmm. Republican zone for a really long time. Governor mm-hmm. of Massachusetts, face of the Republican Party in 2012, yep. and now kind of not going to backwater, but taking a little bit more of a back seat. Mm-hmm. in recent times as senator from Utah, but he's been a very well liked senator yep. in Utah. So I, I mean, I, I I hate it for the state of Utah because I felt like he was he was very good, uh, very good representative for them. Yep. But it will be interesting to see who who fills that seat. My my thoughts on this is Mitt Romney, to um to me was somebody who was he's kind of the head of the old guard of the party, right? And now it's sort of it seems like this is a zone, an area of which in history, as we're seeing a changing of the guard for the GOP party. It seems like we're almost out with the old people like Romney. Well, uh-huh. quote unquote old compared to some people. Right. But um, and we're in with the news. And I'm just interested to see if in Utah we get like a, a Mike Lee version of a Republican or do we see another so-called moderate like Mitt Romney. Right. Right. Elected again at Utah. Uh, yeah. And, and speaking of you, you called Romney not that old. I, I'd like to applaud the he's 76. He looks nothing like he doesn't 76. Look, yeah. I mean, d- done doing an amazing job there but yeah i, I like like i said uh last week last week in the interview he said he wasn't he still hadn't decided yet now coming out with the decision um but it will it will be interesting to see who replaces him mm-hmm. the there have been definitely some hardline conservatives coming out of utah yep. uh mike lee the other senator i mean he he got got that huge challenge from independent Evan McMullen. So I'm interested to see if Evan McMullen tries to fill this seat. I know Evan Evan McMullen and Mitt Romney are friends, Mm -hmm. but uh, let's just, I just thank you. Thank you, Senator Romney, Governor Romney, uh, presidential candidate Romney for a, for a a career of public service. Mm -hmm. I mean, over, you know, he ran for Senate first time in 94. So almost 
when he finishes his term, it'll be almost 20 years, yep. 20 years in politics. So mm -hmm. thank you, Senator Romney. And uh, it will be interesting to see who fills that seat. Definitely. Sure will. All right. Moving on, the uh, the newly opened House impeachment inquiry. An interesting timing here. You know, I feel like they've had the same evidence that they've had for a while. Uh, the, obviously the evidence coming over from, uh, from James Comer's, uh, Congressman Comer's, uh, oversight committee, that investigation, but, you know, interesting timing, this coming up right as the, right as the government shutdown is looming. Mm -hmm. So McCarthy's got to, got to work a little bit with the Democrats to get that budget passed. But, and, but instead he's, he's throwing impeachment at the wall, seeing what he can get to stick, um. So um, I just think the timing is not, it's not interesting. It's bad. It's mm -hmm. bad. So, I mean, I mean, McCarthy, like you said, the, uh, the government shutdowns on the loom possibly, mm -hmm. and he throws this, the, this at the wall and it's even seemed to split his conservatives on it, on impeachment on Biden. As Matt Gates said earlier today, that he's laid out a scenario of starting every single day of Congress with a motion to vacate an attempt to replace uh, Speaker McCarthy. So, I mean, that's going to create tons of uproar and in the House. And it feels like, personally, from my view, I feel like we've yet to see a united Republican Party in the House mm -hmm. since McCarthy right. was elected Speaker. Or even before that, we had the, was it two weeks almost of voting? Or, a while. Yeah. It, it was too, too long. long. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, this, so I think going into today, we had maybe a 50-50 chance of a government shutdown. Mm -hmm. I think now it's almost a certainty because yeah. we've got impeachment that's making Democrats mad. Mm -hmm. We've got Matt Gates who says he's going to make a motion to replace the Speaker every day in Congress mm -hmm. so that we're going to get that inner fighting to deal with. Yep. So, I mean, the, I mean, the, we've got a whole list of things that are ranking in front of the budget on uh, on priority inside of Congress. Mm -hmm. So, So I think this is definitely... This impeachment inquiry is definitely going to force a government shutdown, if nothing else. Let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. We've been into the McCarthy House has been a thing for about eight months now. Right. Yeah. Was he the right choice for the Republicans? Yes. You still think so? Yes. Um, and let me tell you why. Because the anybody that the Freedom Caucus put forward, Byron Donalds, uh, they could have put forward Matt Gates. Was they, Scalise a Freedom Caucus, or did he run? I no, I don't think he was. Uh, there was a congressman from Oklahoma. Uh, oh. they put forward Donald Trump. Anybody. Uh, so you know, all those people had zero chance of uh, Jim Jordan. Mm -hmm. They all had zero chance of being elected Speaker because um because either a in the case of jim jordan they didn't want it i mean jordan when he was put forward he voted for mccarthy instead of voting for himself and then byron donalds was not going to get the <clears throat> the support of the more <clears throat> centrist members of his own party yep. so there was not a person inside the house republican caucus that had the opportunity to be elected speaker besides Kevin McCarthy, in my mm -hmm. opinion. Uh, you know, Jim Jordan could have, but he didn't want it. So, you know, no, no, n there was not another viable option. So that makes McCarthy, in my book, absolutely still the right choice. And I feel like this is exactly what we should have came to expect when we had 
was it like 18 votes yeah. to get McCarthy? Maybe maybe more than that. Yeah. So I think this is exactly what we should have came come to expect that his leadership was going to be constantly challenged from inside of his own party. Like the the House Republicans are just honestly to put it blunt, it, it's it's pretty chaotic right now. Absolutely, there's never been a unification throughout this whole House so far. Mm-hmm. You have the Freedom Caucus who wants to continuously do their own thing. And they right. want to push that on the rest of the Republicans in the House, even though they are they're a minority of the House mm-hmm. Republicans. But with the slim majority the Republicans have in overall, they can they can stall whatever they want with the people they have. So it really it causes McCarthy to give up some exceptions and stuff for them. And it's just it's it's week after week something's happening. I mean, we had Lauren Boebert this week. They got yeah, got thrown out of Beetlejuice. Thrown out I of mean, Beetlejuice play. The poor the poor House Republicans. They just cannot they cannot push their push their message because week after week it's another news story. It's George Santos, or <laughs> it's the Freedom Caucus. It's Matt Gates tweeting something stupid. It's uh, it's another House Freedom Caucus getting thrown out of a Broadway play. <laughs> like, didn't Marjorie Taylor Greene get kicked out of the Freedom Caucus? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, she got voted out. Yeah, got voted um, out. So you know, these that poor House Republicans, they just can't get their policy going because it's one media distraction after another. I mean, if I look around Politico very hard, I'll find something about them. Uh, so I mean, it, it's just it's just absolutely. It's it's distracting mm-hmm. from the Republicans' agenda, which has a great chance to um, to relate to voters. I mean, Joe Biden's approval rating is still right at forty percent. They're in a great political environment. They just can't seize it, so they need to do a better job of getting united. But working back to the original topic, is this impeachment inquiry going anywhere? I mean, in your what? opinion. Coming from my perspective of this, um, someone's views who differ a little from yours, but um, what's impeachment even mean anymore? Uh, you know, I, I will agree with you there. I mean, Clinton was impeached. Uh, Bush got away from it. Uh, Trump was impeached twice. Uh, tw- twice. There you go. Uh, so absolutely. I, I, if you would have asked me the night or it wasn't the night, the day that Biden got elected, yep. if he was going to be impeached, without knowing anything, I would have told you yes already. Yeah. I'm surprised <laughs> that it took this long to even bring up a... Sorry. Your, um, yes, yeah, me as well. Yeah. Me I mean, as well. I don't even know if they need anything to... I mean, it just it all right. to take us a vote, and then right. that's it. So it will get added to the history books. In both of our opinions, Joe Biden will get impeached, yeah. and he will be acquitted by a Democrat majority Senate. Not a hot take at all, I don't think. I think no, no, I feel like that's yeah. that's what most people will tell you. But that's just our projections. Anything could happen. Uh, McCarthy could get the gavel revoked and it could be ha- <laughs> handed over to uh to Newt Gingrich tomorrow <laughs> for be. all for all we know. So but the House impeachment inquiry, something to watch. We'll cover on it. We'll cover it more yep. in the future. Yeah, we sure will. All right. We went into this pretty deep pretty deep last week but we'll touch on it very briefly uh new gop primary polls uh well very short and sweet haley up scott down yeah Uh, nikki haley's at polling at six percent now which is i think her highest in the whole campaign i think she was a little higher back when she first announced because she was the only candidate but now since it's become a very competitive and widespread kind of thing this is this is definitely her highest point um, uh, DeSantis continues to fall. Yeah. Uh, 
how close is DeSantis getting to needing to suspend his campaign? How close? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're a Republican voter wanting to challenge Trump, I think you almost just want him to suspend at this point. Yeah. I mean, he's down to 14%. Vivek's at 7 Like, that's three three points off or so from yeah. a week ago. And Nikki Haley's right at 6 now. Yeah. And, uh, and Mike Pence coming up a little Mike bit, Pence too, to 5. five. Christie's S- about the same at 3. Yeah, and Scott, Scott on the fall down to 2.4. I mean, that has been a – I don't know if they've ran a bad campaign or if he's – or if his message is just finally topped out and came back down to earth, or I'm not sure, but Tim Scott was the top dark horse candidate. Now he's he's not even polling at no. the at the threshold to make no. the second debate. I mean, he will make the debate, yeah. but <clears throat> he if might it, not make the next one. Yeah. I mean, Tim Scott, the media wanted to continue to say that Tim Scott was a dark horse for the Republican presidential nomination. Uh-huh. And this guy, I mean, he's hanging on by the uh, inch of a thread to even make it to the, the the third debate at this point. Right, yeah. I mean, it's a big failure for the campaign. And I mean, if you're getting outpolled by a point by Chris Christie yeah. in 2020, for the 2024 race, are you really doing, like... You're not doing that hot. <laughs> yeah, so... <clears throat> Uh, what Chris Christie, we touched on it last week, has below a 50% approval rating yep. among Republicans. Yep. <laughs> so Still if, pulling ahead of Tim Scott. Yeah, that's true. But, you so know. It's same old, same old at the yeah. top, though. Trump's lead bigger than ever at 41 yeah. points. Yeah, well, 55. 55, 41 yeah. between the two. Oh, yeah, there we go. And, uh, um, but who will – Donald Trump already said he's skipping the debates. Mm. Plural, so that is my assumption that he will not be at the he will not be at the second debate. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is um so who will be so obviously Ron DeSantis will get the main podium. Yep. Who will be next to him in the center? Will it be Ramaswamy? Will it be Haley? When's the next debate next month? Uh September twenty September twenty something. <sighs> If you if it was next month, I would say I think Nikki Haley passes Ramaswamy at that point. Uh huh. I, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot to ask in a week or two time. September twenty seventh. It's about two weeks. Uh huh. Yeah, two weeks on the dotting. Exactly. I'm gonna stay Ramaswamy. Okay. I don't uh-huh. think Haley gets there, but she will eventually. She'll get the second spot in the debates eventually. All right. Well, as you can already tell, viewers, Republican primary is at this is. basically a weekly topic. Mm -hmm. So we'll touch on it next week. Yep. All right. Moving on the three, uh, gubernatorial races in, uh, coming up in November of, of this year. Um, those being Louisiana, Mississippi, and Kentucky. We'll get to them in those order. First off at a national scale, this is very important. Republicans lost the national threshold. Mm-hmm. or the national majority of governors uh, in 2022 for the first time in a while, yep. uh, trying to get it back. You know, governors are very important. You know, if um, if, uh, if a congressperson, senator resigns, you know, the, they appoint the interim. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously they're the head of those respected states. Their endorsements go a long way. Uh, so very, very important, these races. We'll start in the state of Louisiana, where we get a showdown between, uh, between uh, John Bell, Edward, yeah, that's excuse, the current governor. excuse me, the current 
uh, Democratic governor is uh, John Edwards, will be term limited. Uh, who is term limited. He's a Democrat. And uh, the race is between Sean Wilson, his, uh, the current Secretary of Transportation, and Republican Jeff Landry, the current Attorney General. Mm-hmm. Uh, we covered this race first because it appears to be the most safely callable race. Yeah. Uh, Landry in recent polls was up uh, was up 18 points yep. over Wilson himself. And when you add in the rest of the Republican field, Landry still had a 10-point lead. Because yep. you know, Miss, uh, Louisiana has not done their Republican. And still prom- no primary until yeah, October. Yeah, no primary yet. But, but Landry has. But Wilson and Landry him. look like yeah. the two candidates. But uh, I think that's a that's a uh, definitely a yeah. pretty – no, it's not safe, but it's a most likely Republican. I mean, it's it's pretty surprising to see how lopsided it is, even in a state like Louisiana. You just yeah. had a Democrat who served for two terms. And right. Yeah. The new Dem seems to have, I mean, 20 points almost is pretty wild. Yeah. And this is by a, a New Orleans um, news yeah. network. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's pretty as unbiased you can get here. And, I mean, it doesn't look good for the Dems in Louisiana. No, no it does not. And uh, that good for the Republicans. That'll be a state pickup in the governors. Moving on to Mississippi, uh, we get uh, Tom Reeves, the current Republican. Tate Reeves. Uh, excuse me, Tate Reeves. I'm I'm over two on the, <laughs> on the governors today. Tate Reeves, uh, the current governor of Mississippi, running mm-hmm. against Democratic challenger Brandon Presley. Tate Reeves won a narrow re-election back in 2019 by just five points. Mm-hmm. This time he gets Brandon Presley. A member of the Miss, a former uh, public service commissioner in Mississippi, yep. and member of the Mississippi Public Service Commission, yeah, uh, from Northern Mississippi. And uh, Brandon Presley is a um, running under the Democratic label, but he's uh-huh. not so much holding Democratic values, is what I would say. Right. He's um, strictly against abortion. He's been vocal about that. He's strictly against any tax tax reforms as in raising taxes in any form and he's strictly against any type of gun reform which are three pretty democratic stronghold yeah. views so i mean the difference here is a unlikable unliked tate reeves in the state of mississippi i couldn't tell you exactly why right but he's just it doesn't seem like he's liked i mean he only won by five points in one of the reddest states in the country against a pretty safe democrat in 2019 and right the polls are showing it. It's going to be pretty tight again. I've already, th- I've always thought it's interesting. Mississippi just isn't that red. You know, if you look at, you know, if you go through county by county, western Mississippi, even the rural parts, mm-hmm. strong Democrat. And I, I don't understand why, but it, it's just kind of an, kind of an odd little tidbit no. there. Uh, uh, it is important to note that Brandon Presley, uh, immediately received the endorsement of really the only nationally relevant Democrat from the city of Mississippi, longtime uh, uh, Democratic Congressman Benny Thompson. Who's also the head of the... uh, Yeah, he was chair of the January 6th committee, so he got a little bit of national claim there. He's been... Uh, he's been in Congress for forever. Does he represent Western Mississippi, or is it? Yes, Jackson? he does. It's Western, Western? Mississippi. Okay. Yeah, because uh, I think there's what well, there's not many reps from Mississippi. Maybe no. only three or four. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So, uh, that's the Mississippi governor's race. Polling wise, uh, Tate Reeves kind of in the. the yeah, it is. Uh, Tate Reeves up eleven in the Siena College poll. Tate Reeves up three points in the Brandon Presley poll. Yeah. 
He's up uh, 17 in his own poll. In up 17 in his own poll, and then the most recent Siena College poll puts him up 11. Then there is an impact research poll that puts it at even. So, but I'd say we're looking around 10 points here. Yeah, I, I, I think I think a safe call would be Reeves by between 12 and 8. Yeah. So you know, I feel like this also republic. This is a, looking at a Republican hold here on the national level. Should so. Be. Once again, a competitive race, but not uberly so. Mm -hmm. Finally, now, last but certainly not least, the Kentucky Republican race, which is country. an all-out street fight. Yep. All-out street fight. Uh, I know I, I I follow Georgetown politics, mm -hmm. and they're you know one of the best political science programs in the in the country there. Mm -hmm. And they did their summer case study on the Kentucky Republic or the Kentucky uh, governor's race. Mm -hmm. So. The biggest race in the country oh, this year. Without, without a doubt. doubt. Yeah. And I, as a Kentuckian, I love to see us get all the yeah. media coverage for one night. Absolutely. Every night, every once every four years, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, any of them you can think of, they're talking about Kentucky. They're talking about the governor race because in our great state's history, we never have a governor race that's not, that is not entertaining. Uh, absolutely. Like. And, you know, the two big names for this one, incumbent gov Democratic governor, Andy Bashir, mm -hmm. and Republican challenger, Daniel Cameron. So who, um, who do you like <laughs> uh, it, from a political standpoint? I mean, from a political standpoint, I, I don't know. I, he won the primary, but I still don't know if Daniel Cameron was the best choice here for the Kentucky GOP. I think current Ag Commissioner Ryan Quarles was mm -hmm. the best choice. Most unifying uh, choice. I absolutely. Uh, and, you know, he ran a campaign that was spent like uh, less than like uh, about 5% of what the Daniel Cameron campaign yep. spent. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, Ambassador Kelly Kraft, who also ran for this position, spent <laughs> Eleven million dollars to come in well. third. Didn't go too uh, well. Ryan Quarles spent two hundred fifty thousand dollars and got second. Okay. So, you know, she was definitely the wrong choice. So Kentucky, the Kentucky GOP got her out of the way, mm -hmm. uh, and now it's um, now it's come down to to the two he heavyweights. We kind of thought we were going to see a Cameron Bashir race, but let's go with the numbers. The last three polls: Bashir plus four, Bashir plus eight, Bashir plus nine. Mm -hmm. The last poll that shows this even is back in May. Uh, I that have, was before the primary, because I remember that poll. That's before the primary took uh, twenty. No, that would have been that would have right been after, just after the right primary. After, so bad. maybe the most steam that Cameron has gotten. But I think I'm gonna. I if I had to project now, we're still a long way out. I would probably call this being nice. To Daniel Cameron, six points to Andy Bashir. I think we're in the five to ten range for Bashir. Yeah. I'll go. I'll go seven. I'll one up you. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, Andy Bashir did so well in Eastern Kentucky. He's a hardline, coming back. hardline Republican. Yeah, uh, area when he ran against incumbent Matt yep. Bevin back in twenty nineteen, won in a less. It was incredibly yep. close. Uh, on a statewide race. And I would just like to touch one more thing here on the race. I saw a thing about a month ago from a very respected career journal, political journalist, journalist, and the Bashir campaign is receiving so much national money from the National Democratic Party. That's the biggest race. And Cameron's receiving next. It, he's getting outspent like crazy here. It's just, 
uh, the the ads on the TVs is mostly all Bashir. It looks like I see I ads mean, from them both at least once a day. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, the, just the the ads are crazy. It's it, there. It seems more than it even usually is, and I think Bashir's definitely outspending. Yeah, and um, definitely Bashir name's got a positive overall a positive review in the state of Kentucky and its history. Steve Bashir's father was the governor about yeah. ten years ago at this point. Yeah. Well liked two term governor. We had Bevan, then back to Bashir. And personally, I think we're going for another. A Republican has not been reelected in the state of Kentucky as governor since World War II. Yep, that's it. It's it's rough for the Republican Party here, and we've only had four Republican governors in total since World War II. By the way, so all have served one term. One term. So it's been mostly Democratic strongholds in the state of Kentucky for the governor race, which is you got to almost respect it in the case like now. That's able to even a state like Kentucky can do that with their state party and how yeah and Mitch McConnell ran Paul you know, on the other statewide races get elected by twenty points at least yeah so blowouts yeah. every time Amy McGrath could even no. make it close a couple no. of years back so yeah. but should be competitive nationwide Louisiana flip Republican Mississippi and Kentucky uh, Mississippi hold Republican Kentucky hold Democrat I think uh, in my opinion and I think both of us are on the same page here. Uh, nationwide Republicans pick up one governor's race. I'll stick with that, but watching the next year, New Hampshire could flip back to Democrats. It could. So we'll see it there. could. We will have to see. You Should know, be an uh, interesting next few years he's, in politics. Uh, yeah. It, it, you know, the Northeast has been kind to Republicans with both uh, Vermont, Vermont and New Hampshire having Republican governors. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Sununu, we'll see if he, if, if, he is the end of an era as, as Republican governors in New Hampshire. We'll talk about it a little late. Or we'll talk about it way down the road. Mm-hmm. But this is those are the national republic. Those are the governor's race for this year. We'll get a lot more next year. Yep, for sure. All right, Braylon, our last topic of the day. Mm-hmm. Mitch McConnell. It's home. It's home. It does. It does. We were ending with a little Kentucky Kentucky politics. Can he finish out his term? <laughs> well, I think I got uh, in my philosophy class today. Uh-huh. In my college philosophy class, one of the, we were talking about the Matrix here, Uh-oh. and I just thought it was a funny thing to talk about and to bring up here. Uh, one of the kids in this cl- in my class, one of my fellow student peers, right, said yeah. he thinks he <laughs> just shouted out, "What's a glitch in the Matrix? What would be a glitch in the Matrix?" And this guy said, "Mitch McConnell's freezes." Or what is a, a glitch in the matrix? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I just, I, does he make it to the end of his term in 2026? I, I think uh, it's going to be, it's going to be lucky at this point. You know, I don't, I don't know that he does. I, you know, I, I've, anybody that asks me, I'll tell them I've been, I've been telling them, I think Daniel Cameron's going to lose in November. And then I think he's going to fill Mitch McConnell's, Senate seat is exactly what I think is going to happen. Uh, now, rather that happens in 2026 or sooner mm-hmm. to be seen. What I'm most interested to see is if Mitch McConnell cannot finish out his term, who does Democrat Governor well, Andy Bashir appoint? Well, here's the here's the thing here, though, is in Kentucky, there was a law change about th- under the Bevan administration that says the party of which that senator or congressperson held, which will be the GOP in this case, gets to nominate really? said people. I did not yes. know that. So Bashir really has no say in this besides just choosing one of the GOP nominations. So 
it, it would be a GOP hold if he does not make the term. Got it. Well, I, well, I know in in some states when the when the governor's appointed, yes, I mean, I mean they last for like what, like a month, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe not very long, but yeah, it's um, uh, so it will be. It will be interesting. We'll, we'll keep watching that. Hopefully, I, I mean, Lord willing, Mitch gets feeling better, can continue representing his constituents in the state of Kentucky. I really, uh, I, I don't want to see any more freeze episodes personally. No, definitely <laughs> not. I mean, it, I, I feel, I mean, feel, I feel terrible every yeah. time I see one. But it, uh, we got to talk about it. So, we do. Uh, Diane Feinstein in a similar situation, yeah. you know, he, but she's older than. Uh, in a wheelchair, McConnell, in a wheelchair, has turned over power of attorney. So now I think that is more reflective than the freeze ups themselves. If she cannot think mm-hmm. legally for herself, why can she think for the entire it's, it's state it's of California? Good. It's not good. She needs same thing as Mitch. Is I what I would say is I need to retire right now. I mean, Diane Fonts. It's a joke. It's literally a joke at this point that she's representing the state of California. She'll be, I mean, she's not going to be here. I mean, she'll be lucky to be here by our next election for the, I mean, it's just. Now, when is her term up? Uh, 2024. Okay. Okay. Very, well, she pretty, doesn't have as long, but no, I mean, that's still. That's a heated primary coming up, that's too. Still, yeah, I mean, Adam, uh, as Adam Donald Schiff. Trump would say, shifty shift. Shifty shift. Uh, Katie run, Porter. Katie Porter, I saw Barbara that. Lee. Barbara Lee. Yeah, Barbara Lee's an long, actor, right? No, she's a long. She's been in the house for a long time, okay, uh, representing okay, California. Okay. okay. Um, well, there's an actor running for the Michigan Democrat primary. Kill so, Harper. Yeah, my apologies for getting giving those dark horse for that primary. Those far left Democrats mixed hey. up. Hey, mixed up. Hey, <laughs> so. Hey. Um, but so Diane Feinstein needs to resign. Mitch McConnell get him probably, out. Probably, probably get him out. Needs, get him out. Needs to. Needs to uh, resign or or reassure us about his health, but it's not an age thing. It's not an age thing. Everyone says, "Well, there needs to be an age limit." It's not an age thing. It's on a person by person basis because I have not a lot of confidence in Mitch McConnell, but I have all the confidence in the world in Chuck Grassley, who's way older, but he's perfectly competent. So it's a person by person case, in my um, opinion. I, I could take that as an answer. I mean. No, I love, I love, I have tons of confidence in the the ancient Bernie Sanders still. So yeah, and and you know he's very com- as 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 prickly but, as ever. But I don't. So you're you're saying you're anti age, not term limits, anti age limits in any form. I'm, I'm anti making a one size fits all. You know, if you're over eighty five, you can't serve in Congress. Okay. Or you can't serve in public office. I think that'd be the dumbest thing ever because. One person may not be mentally fit to serve at 60, and another person may be perfectly mentally fit to serve at 100. What do you think of, like, mandatory cognitive tests? Do you have to – or do you think that's just – what's the point? I think – To be able to run. To be able to run. I think it should be – I, what I would – this is a hot take, mm-hmm. but I do not think it should be mandatory to run. But uh, especially on a Senate term where it's six years long, mm-hmm. I think maybe you should have to take two of them over your court, over your um, court, uh, over your term. term yeah. And if you fail, it should figure – it should trigger an automatic recall election. And that puts it right back in the voters' hands. Because I do not like anything 
taking power away from the voters. So that's what term limits do. That's what an age limit does. I, I want the voters to have all the power in the world. So I do not want. So that's why I stand against term limits, age limits, that kind of thing. But I get a cognitive test after you've been elected, like a year into your term. And then if you fail, it triggers a recall election. So if voters like, you know what? You may not know where you are, but I still want you to represent me. Then they can go right ahead and send you back. So, you know, I, I, that's what, that's what would be my, if, you know, if, if, if I, if Trey mm. Stevens was writing policy, <laughs> that's what I would want. The Braylon Breeze aspect of this is term limits is something I go back and forth with. I'm not sure. I just look at people and I think like a person that I would like personally, like a Bernie is, uh-huh, right. I think he's still doing good stuff. So I don't see a reason that you should have term limits in his case. So it's something I struggle with presidential term limits there. Sure. But for Congress, like, <sighs> I, I'm not on board. I, I really not. I, I like the age limit though, which is something we disagree on. Right. But we can get into that. that that's something for later down the road. But I'm pro cognitive test. I think two two time uh-huh. a term would be great. It's just, it's just I, there shouldn't be people like Van Feinstein and Mitch McConnell representing the people right now. In my opinion, I think that's something we should all be able to agree on. How do we fix this? Is there? Is it, will this ever be fixed? I feel like cognitive tests triggering and as long as you still keep all the power in voters hands, I think that could fix it. Uh, now I, I do, do I, I, I said, I don't agree with term limits. President is a completely different thing. That yeah. goes back to commander in chief, Supreme yeah. head of the military. I do agree with term limits there. Cause you know, that quickly that can turn into a military mm-hmm. dictatorship. So I like it there, but, I'm much like you, not agreeing in term limits in Congress. Mm-hmm. But you have anything else to cover? Mitch McConnell, Diane Feinstein, term limits, age limits? No, not really. That's just we're both big believers in democracy. I feel exactly. like exactly so all in the power of the voter. Let the voters get out there and do what's right in the future elections to come. Is what I got to say right. about this. All right. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in. It's been a great. Yep. It's been a great episode. We'll see everybody next Wednesday. Bye bye. Have a see blessed. You all then have a blessed weekend and a blessed. Uh, Bless rest of your week.